So, welcome to Worship Local. I know it's been a minute. Hey, um, it's uh, you know me, your boy, Carlos. It's uh, we're here with uh, Cole. Oh, so you get the your boy, yeah. for, and then you're here with just, just like Cole. We're just here with Cole. Hey, no. I'm Cole. Just Cole sitting over no, here. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. I love you too. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you may have heard we have uh, another guest on the on the podcast uh, today. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, my name is Carl Jan, Jan Christian Roth. I'm gonna give you the full name. Croth. Or Croth. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Roth. Croth. The, the Roth. The Roth of God. As, a, the as, Roth of God. as they say in England. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, the that. Roth of God. The Roth of God. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we, we're sitting here with uh, Carl Jan Christian Roth. We know. I, I know him as Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back. Like two flats on a Cadillac. <laughs> um, yeah, can you guys talk a little bit about that? Give our church some insight into like why is Christian sitting at that table with us? Oh yeah, all that, all that stuff. How do you guys know each other? How do we know each other? What's our history? For sure, um, we met in maybe over Facebook. How did we meet? It how was through a varsity. Through in a varsity, but how did we initially? We like before you came to Iowa City, we had like a, a Skype member. Oh, and that was yeah. really good. I remember. I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah, I remember. Mm. Uh, Iowa would be lucky if mm. the Lord called him over here. <laughs> yeah, we are lucky. Yeah, we were <laughs> we considering, me and Caitlin were either newly married or about to get married. And uh, we were considering um, coming on staff at the University at the University of Iowa. And they were asking me, I think, about like what kind of churches I liked. And I was like, well, you know, I like Driscoll and Mark Chandler, or uh, Matt Chandler. And I'm like... <laughs> John Piper and you know Acts twenty nine. Like, I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a guy you should talk to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We have another guy who doesn't fit in university. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That was that was all of us eight years ago or yeah. whatever, you know, ten oh, years ago, however long ago that was. Palm. Um, and so yeah, we start skyping, and then um, I think just like that was initially like one of the things that was helpful for me and Caitlin was like just wanting to know that we could come and worship with somebody and or with a group of people who had kind of the same affinity that we were coming from because like yeah we were leaving everything so you were really instrumental in, in that and in, in my life of just like all right like everything else is going to be new but at least i know i can go and worship with people who kind of speak the same language you know believe the same thing so that's how we met mm-hmm. um and yeah how did and then you guys met cole and christian sure did yeah. How? Uh, through uh, Redeemer. So my sending church, the church that trained me, supported me, developed me, sent me out, um, was uh, the same church that Christian was a, a leader and a member at. So um, I'm trying to think about like the first times that we ever connected. I know you came over to Cedar Falls and we bumped yeah. into each other. I think it's when that, that campus was starting, I would come up and yeah. I just always hit it off with, with you Cedar Falls guys, yeah. Nick Powell and Dirk and... You we guys were just young, rambunctious. Yeah, man. Crew, but fresh out of college. But you guys just caught that vision for planting that campus, and the Lord yeah. was raising you up, and it was just exciting to come, and it's always energizing. Yeah, yeah. There were yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of energy and optimism and hopefulness, like in that in that season of life. That was so I think instrumental towards my vision for church planting being built and. It was like protein for that, man. So I'm mm. really grateful for that season of life. It was awesome. 
It was. I, I think yeah. I think I stayed at your house once, and we Probably. we watched some really like heavy horror movies. I remember. That sounds about right. Yeah. I, yeah I used <laughs> and to, I like yeah. had never watched horror movies, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's what these guys are into down here. Like, right. yeah, I used to watch horror movies, and then you know, I married Chloe. <laughs> no. That's so funny. No, I think it's it's more about like just like being a I don't know like. You're married, you have kids. It's like the end of the day comes around and you have so little bandwidth that you're like, yeah. I just need to read poetry or like watch something light. You right. Know? Which that's what Carlos and I were doing. We were, we were reading poetry. and Oh, yeah. Well, How about hey, that? Yeah. Con- remember that concert at Redeemer? Oh, yeah. Palms are sweaty. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. This is how he, how he uh, mic checks every, every Sunday morning. Oh, really? Whenever he yeah. preaches, he yeah. just starts rapping. You write a little bit, though, don't you? I've kind of seen you squeaking yeah. some stuff out. Some I poems. Used to, I used to I used to write a lot more before uh, planting and uh, marriage and, and kids. I used to write a lot more. But yeah, I still I still do a little writing here and there, some poetry here and there. I'm not a particularly good poet, but I like the way that it shapes my mind when mm. I write it. Yeah. So. It kind of forces you to slow down. It does. Yeah. Think about what you want to say. Think rhythmically. Um, but yeah, we yeah, we we yeah, we used to like write music and poetry together. And then, I um, mean, not as much poetry, more well, rap. It, it that is poetry. Well, yeah, on but, beat, right? So yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion. Um, Remember, and then uh, Travis Chumlin and you and I, and then wasn't it Yan? Remember Yan? Didn't we do a concert together up in Cedar Falls? Remember oh. that? Oh yeah, I I had that EP that I yep. released or whatever. Gold, right? Gold. No, it was. Um, was it before Gold? It was before Gold. It okay. was like a small one. I can't remember what I think it was probably self-titled. Um but yeah, I had Jan come out, who's now pastor in Cedar Rapids now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and uh yeah, that was fun. Had uh free DJing. Oh yeah. He says hi, mm-hmm. by the way. Oh, saw sweet. Him. Saw yeah. him I last week. Get, I need to connect. We hung out that. way too late one night and I had to preach the next morning. Oh, we literally shit. hung out to like two thirty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we went over to John Allen's house and then Free's like, yeah. I gotta go put my kids to bed at like 11:30. He's like, but you guys can come over to my house afterwards. We're like, all right. So yeah, then we went yeah. there and started yeah. hanging out at like midnight, and then it was like almost oh, 3 a.m. by the time we were done. I was like, guys, I have not done something like this in a long time. And I gotta <laughs> preach tomorrow morning. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, and good times, good times. So what brings you? Why are you back in the states? Well, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People have no idea. <laughs> People are like, oh yeah. Um, I'm planting New Song Church in Copenhagen. Okay. Um, Copenhagen, Denmark. So hey. my daughter, my three-year-old daughter Della, was deeply concerned for you this morning. She was. She wanted to know what I was doing for work today, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to go over and uh, I'm going to talk to Daddy's friend, who's a church planter. He planted a church in Denmark, and Della obviously was like, "What's Denmark?" And Chloe was like, "Well, it's a different country. That's it's across the ocean." And she went, "Oh no! How's he going to get there?" <laughs> <laughs> she was like, question. "It's okay. He already got here." Does she play with Legos? No, but Russell does. My four-year-old's obsessed with them. Yeah. Do you know what that means? No. Lego. Well, it's two Danish words: lie, got. Okay. Play well. Oh, I like that. And it is a Danish toy industry empire yeah so wow well, yes yeah. go so yeah we're over there and planting new song church we, we sorry we yeah well it's my, my lovely wife stephanie uh-huh. um is along for the the ride mm-hmm. and we have four children mm-hmm. jeremiah 
Haven, Lars, and Eben. The unsung heroes of church planting. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, that's right. Um, Jeremiah has actually been our tech guy for a few services. Oh, really? <laughs> he's only, only he 11. Now? He's but, 11 now? Yeah, yeah. Oh but anytime gosh. he gets to like, sit on a computer, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> cool, cool. So That's yeah. cool. Wow, that's awesome, man. Yep, so we're there, and every five years or so, you have to come back because of a social security agreement. We're actually working for the IMB, okay, uh, which is the International Mission Board of, yeah. of the SBC. I don't know how much you guys talk about that at Frontier. Uh, not not, not a much. Lot. Not much. Not mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. Well, thank you for being a part of the the cooperative program because you guys are giving yeah. to yep. pay our salary and to um, put my kids in 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 school and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you guys are. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, we're just all, the IMB is all about impacting lostness. That's what they're telling us to say. Impacting <laughs> lostness. I like that though. You know, that's just yeah. a simple. You know, because yeah, there's lots of different missions and all that kind of stuff out there. But um, and and church planting really has become more and more the focus um, through a guy, the theological director, who's kind of friends with Mark Dever, and mm-hmm. a lot more focus on healthy church out on the field uh, yeah. around the world. Which is really cool. So, yeah. Dope. So, New Song Church, when did you guys plant? So, we spent the first two years in language school. Okay. It didn't take me that long because I'm Swedish uh, and, and, sure. no, and no yeah. Swedish. Um, but Stephanie, being a classic American, ha- <laughs> ha- had never had, had more than one language. Yep. And um, so, it took her quite a while. So, we were kind of waiting. And then we had a baby, and then there was Corona. And then we were like, do we want to launch a church online only? We're like, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Because mm-hmm. in Denmark, mm-hmm. it was closed for about a year and a half. Yep. No churches meeting except online. Mm-hmm. So we waited till the end of that and launched uh, in the fall of 2021. Awesome, okay. dude. Yep. Awesome. Yep. So um, I'm interested to hear how it's going. What are some of the stories? Um, but before we jump into that... My question is, I love, I just, I love the name New Song Church. Mm. Take us there. Why'd you go with New Song Church? Yeah. Um, and hold on, I'm gonna okay. add to that. Why Copenhagen? Yes. Yeah. Tackle both. Yeah. Oh dang. Um, are we gonna do a separate podcast on the Nordics though? Are we gonna do that? We could. Yeah, we can yeah. do that. We could. Okay. Yeah. So I won't go too much into like culture stuff. All right. New Song. So music has always been a way for me to connect with the Lord. I'm not particularly musical myself, necessarily. Like you said, I'm kind of a bad poet who just likes what it does to me, you know? That's a good good line. Um, But, so that was just baseline for me. I was at Redeemer, and we had a a music ministry that I just really believed in. I think it's a way to reach people. Um, But then, particularly in, in the Nordics, there's this kind of lost musicality in the culture there. They used to have these... Felisang, like a common song, things that they would do, and they would sing in the home a lot. Yeah. It's a very Lutheran background. Yeah. And so, like, if you go to Luther College here in Iowa, in Decorah, they have the best choirs because that's like a Nordic thing. Right. But that's really been lost there. So, we really wanted to revive wow. that, that focus. Yeah. But the particular passage of scripture that it's from is from Zephaniah 317. Uh huh. So it's easy to think new song, you think hill song, oh, it's all about this big show, big worship-like experience. It's like, no, like the Lord doesn't need our songs 
at all. Mm-hmm. Like he calls us to sing a new song, but it's not because he's up there in heaven. Like, oh, please make me happy. You know, like he's yeah. he's he's happy. Um, it's entirely self sufficient within himself. Exactly. Yeah. And he invites us to participate in him, him singing over us from Zephaniah three seventeen. Um, wow. And so Good. what we're doing as we're as we're casting vision for this church is to call us into a place of of gathered worship where the Lord is singing over us. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really the vision, the, the theological vision. So, so I never really got Zephaniah three seventeen until we had kids, and specifically <laughs> until we had our first Russell. You know, because yeah. uh, so I, it, Zephaniah three seventeen is uh, the the Lord is in your midst, and He will exult in you, and He will He will sing over you with a new song. Right? Something I mean, that's kind of the that's the gist of it. I may have botched it up a little bit there. Should I just should I just read it? Yeah, yeah, just read it. So um, it actually doesn't say new song in that verse, which is kind of ironic, but it sure. says new song like 20 other places in the right. Bible. So he I rejoices felt like it, over you with loud singing. He exalts over you with gladness, and he sings over you. That, that's kind of the... Just yes, the, uh, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. So yeah. the, most, the thing that stood out to me the most uh, when we had our first kid, you know, this has been almost five years ago now what were the mornings, you know, cause it would be like, it'd be like six thirty AM or, you know, 6 AM or whatever. And I, this was early church planting. So I was maybe already in the living room, getting to work on the day, thinking through things and everything would be quiet in the house. And then Russell would wake up and it was like, boom, in his crib, you know, just <laughs> immediately like just wailing, wailing. And uh, after the wailing, I would hear Chloe open up the bedroom door and her footsteps pitter-patter. We had a wooden floor in our first house, and so just pat, pitter-patter, pitter-patter. And she'd go over there and scoop him up from his crib, and he was just wailing. Yeah. And uh, in that particular season, she always would sing over him the song, uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Mm. And so I would hear Russell wailing, and I would hear my wife singing Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus over him. And it was like a five-minute process, but as Chloe continued to sing over him, the wailing continued to get softer and softer and softer and softer. And it was kind of, it, it, like, in theological terms, it felt like it was light versus darkness, you know, <laughs> like good news versus bad news, yeah. singing versus wailing. And eventually the singing would always win and quiet Russell and a mm. smile would spread over his face. That's and good. I remember being like, oh, Zephaniah 3, that's what God does for us and our yeah. wailing. Yeah. So I've always just loved that passage because it always reminds me of that season of our lives. Yeah. Can uh, I pick? Yeah, I'll piggyback on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'll answer. Can answer Carlos's question. Yeah. We we uh, the way I explain it, I like that a lot. That's really good. That's kind of like that maternal parenting image. But as I as I like kind of got my head around this vision, what I I did a little exe- exegetical, and this is anyway, this is a little bit indirect, but. The word for, for singing there is not always translated singing. In the ESV it is, but in a couple right. of others, like NASB, I think it's not. It's, 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 it's uh, translated like shouting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, is this? am I like making too much out of this or whatever? So then I looked into the word, and part of the reason they translate it not always singing is because it's used in a couple other places, particularly in the story of Joshua, the Battle of Jericho. Yo. And in Jericho, you remember, God calls his people to win the first major victory. So exactly, it's a victory. Yeah. I like how you said it, the the light, the the, the singing wins. Mm-hmm, but yeah. how does he call them to win? Yeah. Through not worship. With might, 
yeah. not with power, not with the sword, but to march around, first of all, which made them look like complete fools. <laughs> just, yeah. But then what does he do? They all are, have instruments with them. And the same Hebrew word is, and when I tell you to shout, it says there. But in my mind, I'm like, that means sing too. Wow. I think it means mm-hmm. sing in both places. Yep. Now, it probably is a certain type of singing. It's kind of more like Metallica, give me fuel, give me fire. <laughs> than, yeah, 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 than it yeah. is maybe the like lullaby, you know, but um, th- so that's how we talk about it. It's like fighting with joy, fighting with song. Yeah. Um, Dude. It's probably tied to um, royal fanfare, right? Like in, in the ancient world, it was the type of royal fanfare that you would surround the enthroning of your king with. Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't get that far in my, in my word study, but okay. you can yeah. take it to the next no, step. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no. I, well, I, I preached Psalm 100 at a church a couple of weeks ago, so that's just... And that's all about royal fanfare. I'm probably going to touch on that this Sunday too. So, gotcha. But cool. th- dude, that's awesome. I love new songs. Keep talking. Keep talking. That's why a new song. And then you wanted to know why Copenhagen? Yeah. So I'm Swedish, a citizen, and both my mom and my dad live there. They're divorced, and my mom was here for a long time. She actually, her and Jeff Crimebrink, my stepdad, were at Redeemer, and mm-hmm. but they're back there now, and. Um, I just grew up going to Sweden back and forth. I'm like an Iwanized Swede. That's how I like to say it. Um, And I just saw the darkness. Like they were happy, like by worldly standards, wealthy, healthy, but total void of meaning. Just a vacuum of meaning in this part of the world. Um, What do you mean by that? Like atheistic and... Just, um, you know, honestly, I saw it mostly in my dad and brothers. Um, dad, if you're listening, I love you. You're the best. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just didn't have hope and they didn't have uh, meaning. And um, yeah. so when I was at Moody in Chicago, just started learning a lot about missions and church mm-hmm. planting and unreached places in the world, lost places in the world. And it seems to make the most sense to send church planters where they're not a complete cultural anomaly yeah and so i was like okay i want to go back to sweden so before we helped plant redeemer we actually went to sweden for three months and did like a vision and we just decided it was a really secular tough place on marriage we were newly married decided yes god's calling us here but not right now so then we came back Mm -hmm. we'll go back to redeemer for a year yeah and then like 10 years later you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, we're still there and 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 it was great honestly that was a great journey and would never have met you guys at all mm-hmm. that you know and and gotten to see that church become established and um but uh yeah then basically we were like okay i think it's time to go to go and reach an unreached place um less reached place obviously there's need here and i don't want to minimize that at all but um i think the statistic says and this is not very specific but i think like 75% of full-time Christian workers, whether like church planters or pastors or whatever, are in America, where there's like less than 20% of the Christians in the world or something like that. Wow. So there's just this like, you know, so we always felt a heart for, okay, we want to go somewhere where it's a little harder, you know, a little more lost. And um, so then we joined, we kind of started the process with the IMB, and they didn't have any jobs in Sweden. But also just processing with, with Stephanie, my wife, we thought that this would be a place where we could kind of be on an adventure together. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Sweden's kind of my home turf. 
Denmark. Gotcha. We're on the border of Sweden in Copenhagen. So we go to Sweden a lot, see my family there a lot, have support, which is awesome. But we're still in this place that's harder than Sweden in some ways, um, mm-hmm. less less reached. So yeah, yeah. Dang, that's dope. Um, yeah, I remember hearing you talk about going over there a lot, and so it's just it's been cool to see you over there. And I think I'm in your Facebook uh, group. I don't I don't comment much, but I just kind of like <laughs> love whenever I see. There you. is a Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. Roths in Copenhagen. If you um, want, pray so. for us. Yep. That's awesome, man. So, okay, so so you guys did launch online during coronavirus, COVID, right? We yeah, we didn't launch. We did start meeting as a, as, a meeting. as a core okay. online. Yeah. Have yeah. you launched? Yeah. You launched yet? Yes, now we've launched. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess just talk to us just about, and then we can save the 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 next episode um, for. Just kind of talking about like the Nordic lifestyle, yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> People um, love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I guess, just as you know, we got like probably yeah, like ten more minutes in this one. Um, like it's gone by fast, but like just explain to us like just your experience in church planning. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The 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 highs, the lows, um, and just how our church can be praying for you guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's um. I think it's one of the hardest places in the world to plant a church. Uh, it's very secular and atheistic. So we've had we've had a number of discouraging things. Um, I remember when we first got there, I met a guy who was actually actually helping lead church this last Sunday. We did like an outreach. So love this guy. His name's Torben Ustemak, um, and he's been uh, he's been <laughs> he's been an evangelist in Denmark for like twenty five years. Wow, that's his full time job. Wow. And I like met with wow. him and kind of cast vision for him. Like we want to see yeah. ten churches started in ten years by twenty. This is our twenty thirty vision, and, yeah. and we want to hear God's song and shape God's world, and yeah. we want to like. And he and he's like listening, and then like he's like, that will never happen here. Wow. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, I've been doing this for decades, and I'm like, I, I like nothing ever happens, and you know, and I was wow. like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you think, man? I came away really discouraged. Luckily, though, he texted me afterwards and was like, "Hey, man, that was probably not the right thing to say." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then we got plugged into this X twenty nine church there. There's one X twenty nine church in all of the Nordics, and love this guy Klaus. He's still a friend and a mentor. He helped helped host the the Gospel Coalition Nordic Conference that we did, and. Um, but just he just kind of like was like, keep your expectations low, like keep that optimism down here, and mm-hmm. like it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say that or was no that kind of no he, he 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 was trying to help me I think okay, and set yeah. my expectations right yeah. because he, they they've tried to plant three X twenty nine churches gone through the assessment and um, they've all just fizzled. Wow, okay. and they're still like meeting as a small group, but like. You know, they've gone through the assessment and they have a, this is a big church, a mega church in Copenhagen is about 300 people. Yeah. It's called Copenhagen yeah. Church. It's a great church, um, Lutheran. Um, but, uh, and they like pray for these pastors. They're sending people. They're literally calling people to move, to go, like all the things that you want as a church planter. And yeah, then it's yeah, just like, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah. you know, yeah. just because the climate out there and. 
It's a number of things. It's yeah. a number of things. Okay. Um, we can talk about that maybe in the next podcast, more cultural cool. things. Okay. But I do think yeah. that there's just kind of a, a pessimism. And um, But yeah, there's also been great things. Like I, like I like to tell the story of a guy named Jakob who I met at, at a different church that I was... We had kind of had two partner churches from the ground up. And it was a Baptist church mm-hmm. where I was preaching once a month and stuff. And I'm still doing that, actually. Um, First International Baptist Church. And he was a Dane there. And um, just solid, faithful guy, seemed like. And he helped out with different things in the church. And I'm like, man, if this guy could get a vision for reaching his people, this would be amazing. Mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so I met him at church, and I kind of did the whole American, like, hey, like, and he's just this old school guy, older guy, never went to college, got a job at a shipping company and has been at that company, Mask, it's called Mask. You've probably mm-hmm. seen M-E-A-E-R-S-K on trains coming by. Yeah. Oh, Shipping yeah. containers, one yeah. of the world's biggest. And he's just been there his whole career. And, you know, he was just kind of like, hmm. You know, I was talking to him, just very, just like, <laughs> hmm, hmm, you know, very, very cold culture, you know, so like just kind of, uh, I couldn't, he's like, but he gave me his number. And I was like, awesome. So like, I'll text him and. I literally think I texted him for about a year of like every now and then I just check in like, hey, how are things going? And love to get together and like no response. No, yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, wow. Nothing. Uh, but finally he responded when we were getting too close to like the launch of the church. Uh-huh. And he came to the vision night and man, God has just transformed this brother. He is now so, we started meeting once a week. Actually, I'm going to meet him um, today again online. Um meeting once a week for discipleship, and God has just really called him to not just be that trellis guy who's faithful, but to really start making disciples. He's inviting other Danes into his home that are, you know, many of them not are challenging, and um, he's translating um, from the stage for us, and he's just... Dang, that's dope. Yeah, it's just really, really awesome. Yeah, mm, just seeing cool, the Lord man. work. Yep. Oh, wow. So you you launched um, fall twenty twenty one. Yes. So uh, on a Sunday morning, when we show up to worship with you, like, what would that be like? When Just, is that a problem? <laughs> yeah, I don't, would that be sweet, right? <laughs> be awesome. Yeah, so what's a what's a Sunday morning summer. like look for you guys? Right? Yeah, I know it's not all about the Sunday morning church plantings about mission and and kingdom yep. work, but talk to us about what that's been like, man. So we stole our rhythms from Joe Thorne. Yeah. Table Pulpit Square, his little book on ecclesiology. Yep. And we translated it into Danish, Stulen, uh, Stuen, Stoil in Danish. So it's three S's in Danish. So I, uh, hey, I upped his game. Yeah. It's like, you need to make these hey. an alliteration, brother. Come on. Exactly. How's anybody going to remember? <laughs> <laughs> so we do three weeks. Right now we're doing three weeks of worship a month, like a formal assembly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we got the advice that if you if you go just normal church too quickly, you miss the missional evangelistic side of church planting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get people just coming every Sunday doing like the same kind of liturgy. And I don't know if that was that was good advice, I think. But we may we may change that pretty soon. But anyway, what we do is we do one week of that's more inward focused fellowship at it usually in a home with a meal. Yeah, um, we do communion, we do preaching, we do music, but but we do it as kind of house church style. Yeah, which is really builds into mm-hmm. the community, and then we do one week that's just traditional, you know. So pulpit, so that's table, and there's pulpit, 
which is just um, more of a traditional church service, you know, preaching, music, communion, low fellowship kind of thing. And then the third week we do uh, church on the square, which is more of a concept. Sometimes we actually do go out onto the city square because we have a location that's right downtown, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome for now. Um, but other times that just means doing church in a missional way. So we've had a, like a couple, a couple months ago, we had a gal who's a world renowned, she's a Christian. I know her through Tony Marita's church, actually. Um, oh, cool, man. She's a world renowned scholar of Søren Kierkegaard, who's like the most famous Danish philosopher ever. Oh, and people love him. Yeah. So we're like, hey, come do a lecture and talk about what Søren Kierkegaard would say to Copenhagen today. And, um, and then we'll do like follow up questions afterwards. Sweet and idea. It was, and it was really well attended and like brought a lot of new people in. So that was really cool. And then we've done concerts. Um, Dope. We had a Faroese musician come in, a buddy of mine from seminary. I'm going to seminary right now, too. And um, he came and sang some songs um, in English, but then did all the, like, telling the stories about the songs in Danish. So that was really cool. Mm. So that's that's kind of our rhythms and what Sunday, the formal formal gathering looks like. So Dope. That's, that's really sweet, man. That's cool to hear. Yeah. That's really cool to hear. When did you, I know this is going back a little bit. But can you, I would love for our church to hear, when did you get bit by the church planting bug? Yeah. I feel like there's usually a, a story there or an yep. experience there or a conviction or a line in the sand that gets drawn. So like for, for the Roths, when did you get bit by the church planting bug? Yeah. Well, it was Christian Roth primarily that got bit. But Stephanie, Croft. Stephanie, my wife, she, she didn't really like church planting, but she just found herself involved in church plants. Yeah. Even when she was in high school and then in college, like, she was like, I don't want to go to a church plant. It's so much work. And then somehow she ended up at this, this charismatic church plant in Chicago while we were, while we were friends and dating and stuff. Um, we went to different churches. Um, but I, I, was, I was like, I think a lot of young guys, I liked Moody and kind of seminary and book learning. I really did. But I got a lot more actually out of listening to sermons and guys like Matt Chandler and, and John Piper and Tim Keller and like, yeah, it was just kind of the, mm-hmm. the the thing at that time to talk a lot about church planting. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, I had been saved at Calvary Baptist, which is a historic Baptist church um, in, in Cedar Rapids, um, which, by the way, that's an awesome story. They got together to help plant Redeemer. Redeemer got together yeah. to help plant Frontier. Frontier got together to help plant Hope City. So there is now four gen- fourth-generation church planting happening in Iowa. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I'm trying not to be a pest, but I'm like, pal, when are we going to get our grandchild, man? (laughs) We're six years old. We're ready for a grandchild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I can can be a grandchild if you want. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Because they're they're about a year ahead of us. They're about where where we are now is where they were about a year ago, which is really encouraging to me because they're pushing like 100 now on Sundays. Wow. Yeah, I was down there. I preached down there, and unbelievable, yep. man. Um, but anyway, I'm off track now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, at Moody, I was just listening to these guys, and and then I was like, at Calvary, this this historic church. In my mind, it was like you go to church, and you do like the church member thing, and then you go out and you do evangelism. Those are the two categories. But like when church planting was introduced to me, it's like, oh, 
you can actually do evangelism in a way that like builds a community. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like yes. combines these things. It's not like right. go out to the lost people, get them out of their lost place, and then invite them to church. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can like, and that like was my heart. Those are my, those are like my two passions, like the local church and the lost. I'm like, oh, you can do these things together. And then I started reading the New Testament more, you know, like, and it's like, oh, yeah. this is what they were doing too. Yeah. So it's not like this <laughs> right. is some trend. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so yeah. I just became convinced. And then I heard that they were planting this church um, back in Cedar Rapids. And I, and I went and visited this guy named Richard Merceau, who was the, uh, the first planter at Redeemer. Um, and uh, really hit it off with him. And he's like, hey, come do an internship. And then the rest was history. Yeah, man. So it was weird to be... A, I preached at Calvary last week, and I used a hymnal... Yeah, you sent me that picture, bro. That's cool. And like this big wooden pulpit. Yeah. And and they've been there for 130 years. They were Second Baptist Church of Cedar Rapids. And like Mark Knoll went there, and yep. his sister was there on Sunday. Like there's this generations of wow. faithfulness. I've been in the church planting world so long, you know, it's like, wow, it's kind of cool to be there. So, wow. yeah. So I know you don't, you don't know our church well, right? You're not no. like worshiping with us. On but Sunday I love you guys. Mornings, but you love us, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and we know each other and we obviously have a history. And I know that planting a church in Denmark isn't the same as planting a church in Iowa. So I know all those things. Let's sweep that off the table. And what I want to ask you is speak to our church for a second. Yeah. T- tell Frontier Church why... Why should we remain committed and passionate and obsessed with church planting? Just give us a word on that, man. Shepherd my people. Oh, wow. That's very kind of you. Thank you for that trust, brother. Yeah, yeah, I think um, the main reason is what I just said. It's, it's, It's biblical. It's not a trend. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the methodology that the Lord has, um, and that's start to finish in the scriptures. That starts in Genesis twelve, in my in my view, that the Lord is is making a people for Himself. He sends them into exile. He sends them into the desert. They're always sojourning. Nehemiah comes back. He rebuilds those walls. You know, like, and then you. That's what Paul did. That's what the apostles did. They're raising up elders. Mm. They're they're planting churches. Like, obviously, you know. Arts ministry is awesome. Ministry to the poor is awesome and important. You know, like all these other, like, ministry to jail, jail jailed people and, and, and uh, widows and mothers, these are all good, but they are not God's plan. Like, God's plan is to, is to plant churches. So that's the main reason. Yeah. And then, you know, I would just, I would say, like, yeah, we talked about this a little bit, but before that, it's it's um it's hard. It's hard work. It really is hard work. And um, yeah, keep talking. It's hard work, and in our part of the world, it's very, very, very secular. And if anyone comes to church more than like twice a month, they're considered a very serious Christian. And so the idea of them like moving somewhere to start a new church <laughs> where there's no yeah. kids ministry and and the music is like just limping along. They're like, mm, no, mm, not doing that. You know, like it's yeah. very, very so. And being here in the States, I want to say we've been like, it's easy to we've been in Denmark looking back on America over social media and through the news. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to be like, 
what is going on in America? Yeah. You know, like the capitals being stormed and, you know, like people can't talk to each other. But being here, it's like, actually, there's so many faithful people here. There's yeah, so many yeah. church plants that are like, like people are doing that and people are willing to, to do that. Like people wow. are sacrificial. There's mm -hmm. yeah. so many faithful people clinging to the word of God. And, and I think there's great reason to be encouraged about the church in America, actually, from our perspective. Um, I know that we feel like maybe in 30 years you'll be where we are, but you're not there yet. And it's like, don't give up and yeah. um, continue to raise up, you know, called, equipped men to, to take up that task. Because um, mm -hmm. there are, there are a, a, great, a great number and a great encouragement here. So That's a good word, man. You put me on the spot, so... No, that's, that's it. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's what we need to hear, man. Yeah. Los, you speak to that. Tell Frontier Church, why should we remain committed? Because it's actually... It's it's easy to look statistically in, like at the data and be like, you know, if we just kind of held on to our our good leaders rather than sending out yeah. Nick Nick Powell and Holly Powell a couple of years ago, rather than sending out um, you know, the Snowdens next year like if we just held on to our people like we could mm -hmm. conceivably be 400 500 600 700 people so why continually do this mm. and plant churches yeah why continue to plant churches um that's a really good question man um <clears throat> the only thing i only way i can I, I can think to to answer that is like this is what god is doing he's either gonna we're either going to join him in that mission or he's going to force our hand open. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's what, like, you know, Babel, <laughs> like they force their hand open. Right. Go to the nations. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we become, see become the nations. Yeah. Become yeah. the, there you go. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, you see that in, um, you know, even in acts, right? Like persecution comes and like they spread. Right. And so, um, yeah, so I I don't know. I just I, it's it's the whole thing of like if this is what God is doing, if this is what he wants to do, why wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. You know, like um you know, yeah, we can I mean, it's sad, right? Like saying goodbye to Nick, saying, you know, in a few months we'll say goodbye to the Snowdens. Yeah. Um but I I just I mean, I think it's worth it like mm. Yeah, if we're serious about God and his purposes and his plans, right? Like, then we know that, like, it's not about us building our empire. It's about us building his kingdom. And with that, like, you know, you send people out and you encourage them. And yep. You train them up and you teach them how to make disciples. And, mm. um, and, um, I just, yeah, man, I just, I just think that, like, this is, this is what God wants to do. And for me personally, it's just like, I want to do what God wants to do. I was reading, uh, actually last night I was reading um, Eugene Peterson, uh, Along Obedience in the Same Direction. Yes. That and he book has, is gold. It, yeah, yeah, he has this, this chapter on service. And service is not like us telling God, like, hey, this is how I want you to use me. But service is like this, this, this posture of, like, just humble obedience and, like, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. Mm. Mm. And so I just, yeah, I just want our church to be that type of church. The church that's like, 
not worried about being Des Moines' biggest church. The church is not worried <laughs> about being Des Moines' like most theological church. The church that's like not even worried about being Des Moines' most trendy and attractional church. I just want to be like super joyful in Jesus and faithful to what God has called us to be. So that's um, it, dude. That's the whole vision of the church. <laughs> I was just I was telling these guys wow. when I came over. I'm like, I get to hang out with Des Moines' two uh, happiest pastors. <laughs> Most joyful pastors. That's awesome. Oh, that's a high bar, man. Yeah. I was gonna add this too, Cole, to your point. There's this there's this line by Ed Stetzer. Yeah. A church is uh a church should not be judged by its seating capacity, but by its sending capacity. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Love and we've that. been we've been blessed to now be able to send out two churches, you know, Lord willing, here in February be two. And so, um, yeah, I just think the guy's doing something, and I just want to continue to stay faithful. So, um, frontier, like, just my encouragement is like, as people, as dudes, and are raised up, as as teams are raised up to go, like, um, just celebrating that, right? And like, it's it's sad, like that's just you know, that's the truth of it. But mm. I also uh, think you, it's good. good. No, no, you're no, good. You're good. <laughs> no, I was gonna say it's it's just yeah. it's just good. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah, those are that's a good word too. And I, I think I would add, I would amen everything that's been said. I think I would also add that I think that we overestimate what a sacrifice it is for us to plant churches, and we underestimate what a blessing it is to our church to plant churches. Mm. Oh, because like something, yeah, incredible happens when you plant a church. Mm. Um, you cry a lot. You miss your people. Yeah, yeah. I just. I, yeah, I, I just I miss them so much, man. Yeah. Mm. But it creates this hole in your church. And this amazing thing happens when a hole is created in a church. Mm. God fills it <laughs> with people who step up, who yeah. wouldn't step up had That's that right. hole never been there. Yeah. And it's um, people have, some people have asked me, like, your church is so young still, and we're not that big, and we keep planting churches. Aren't you afraid that you're going to plant yourself into oblivion? And um, here's the thing. We might... I don't think I don't think we will, but like that's possible. Like that is something that could conceivably happen. We could yeah. that's a danger. We could plant ourselves into oblivion, but you don't get to avoid risk. There's all like the risk that nobody else talks about is what if you don't plant churches and you just continue to exist? Yeah. And you fizzle into lukewarm oblivion. That scares me more. Mm. So you don't get to choose whether or not it's a risk. You get to choose which risk you want to embrace. Good yeah. word. That's so, a good word. Jeez, dude. That's an encouragement to me, too, because to be yeah. honest, when we first, when I first met with this guy, Torben, I was like, I want to find, find my first church planter right away. And we've kind of been in this like survival. We're struggling to get off the ground, and I haven't even thought about that in a long time. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's a really... That's a really good word. And I think that's exactly what we deal with in Copenhagen because it's so secular mm-hmm. that everyone has there's there, everyone is exactly worried about that. Oh, oh, we can't plant a church like we we're like we're a few weeks from closing our doors if things went sour. You know, and um that's exactly. And that would be a good transition to yeah. to the cultural thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's do that. Before we do that, I was eating smash patties, a smash burger with Luke Snowden the other week. Do, have you guys had Smashburgers? Yeah. 
Ah, you got a smash burger. Des Moines has so much good <laughs> good food, and I'm like, I'm on this diet right now. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I would go to. There's yes. that pizza joint. Oh, I'm sorry to do this to you. That's all right. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry. Don't be did sorry. Did you go to Lachelle's? We didn't, but uh, Lachelle's is even better. We were at Lua. Uh, oh, Lua, oh, I've they, had that smash. It's a great with smash Augie burger. Last right? week, actually, me and him got smash burger. Yeah, it's not it's quite good. Lua, but it's still great. Yeah. And I'm I'm eating uh, I'm eating the smash patty, and Luke is like the smartest dude I know. And I'm <laughs> I, I'm eating the smash patty, and I'm like, this is like a candy hamburger. This is the best thing ever. It's like tastes like candy, man. <laughs> and he goes, "Well, did you actually know it's because, um, because of the heat that they smash the patty at? Like that, when it hits a certain temperature, when it gets hot enough, that makes the proteins or something like that crystallize over, so that there's this sweetness that comes along to it." And I was like, "That's right. Like, God wants to make our churches. He wants to smash churches. You know, plant churches. It turns up the heat, man, <laughs> and it crystallizes a church so that in hard times." Churches have this sweetness and joy that you guys have heard the doom loop, right? That hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men. Oh, and then weak men create hard times. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that loop. Um, Where, is that yours? No, no, that's not no, mine. no. Okay, <laughs> that's not mine. It comes from a, uh, I think, a philosopher who like studied the rise and fall of empires and the rise and falls uh, of countries. And yeah, it's just actually like pretty predictable of any organization of multiple human beings is that hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times, yeah, hard which creates strong, strong men. Right? And so yeah. it's, Dude, a loop. it's a loop, right? Let's start the next podcast with that, because that is totally the si- cultural cycle that I think, like, yes, in some ways. Um, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, you were, finish your thought. Or well, were you, I, yeah. yeah, I think it's true, is the end of my thought. i think it's true for churches so i think hard times create strong churches i think that strong churches create good times and i think good times create weak churches Mm. and weak churches create hard times i actually don't think that you can escape that loop what i think though is that you can redeem it but i think there's only one way to redeem that loop and that's to plant churches Wow. This is the, I think it's the only way to avoid weak churches is that hard times create strong churches and strong churches create good times and good times should plant churches and planting churches creates hard times, which creates strong churches. Mm. So there it's no longer a doom loop. It's a, like a kingdom loop. That's awesome. And so you continue to, I think, strategically and faithfully Put your church in hard times. That's good. So that God smashes the patty and that a sweet joy crystallizes over the church in hard times. Yep. Dude, that's a you know it's a good church name. Smash church. Smash church. <laughs> Smash patty church. Smash patty church. <laughs> hey, what's up? Smash church. Smash patty church. Like this is your first Sunday here. Does Snowden have a name yet? Maybe he does. It's a Mayas church, but oh Mayas. Like the world yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's what that would be one way to smash Stop Frontier it. would be That's to right, yeah. call it Smash Patty Church. Smash Patty Church. <laughs> That's your first we came to church and there's only like Cole and Carlos there. I'm one of the Patty Smashers. <laughs> oh uh, man, well 
this was good. We're gonna we're gonna pick this up in part two, and we're gonna talk more about like just Copenhagen's uh, just cultural bent and um, some of the the differences between probably church planting here and then church planting there and wherever, whatever else Cole has in his handy dandy notebook over there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well we love you guys uh we'll see you in the next podcast